Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Davey Rispin from the We Are Me podcast. We're here today to preview this Sunday's All Ireland Senior Ladies Football Championship final. Uh, just a reminder the podcast is brought to you by Declan Kirby GA, star of the best children's GA book out there in the market at the minute. You can find it on Amazon, Eason's, all good bookshops. So make sure to uh, check it out when you get a chance. But I suppose, first of all, Davey, how's things with yourself? We were chatting off air there. You're, you're set for Sunday and Certainly the buzz and excitement is uh, is kicking in all around the county, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. It's uh, it's fantastic. There's a real sort of uh, festive feel around the county. Lots of bunting, flags, uh, well wishes for the Mead ladies again. And uh, remarkable to think it's it's almost been 12 months since they've been, um, since they achieved history, you know, in Crow Park, winning the first All-Ireland Championship. And they're trying to retain it now and make some more history this Sunday, hopefully. 100% yeah like and I suppose you know I was thinking as well like obviously with the fact that you know obviously your your senior side or your men's side I suppose haven't been to an All-Ireland final in in such a long time and you obviously have the ladies side to get to a final last year and obviously get to the final again this year like I'd say it's great even as a Mead supporter look I'm sure you're hoping Colm O'Rourke can take you back in w- with the men's side but I suppose from from a ladies football point of view I'd say it's great sort of having something to cheer on usually around September time obviously around July time this time around but I'd say that's good from a from a fan perspective yeah absolutely I mean it, it was a funny one this year I suppose with the lads not you know going as well there wasn't that much of a I suppose the warmest feeling towards the lads team and the ladies have sort of just taken on the mantle really you know the crowds that have been following them has been just remarkable it's just continued on from say last year and um they, they played Dublin in the league in Park Talton and it was actually a bit of a meaningless game because both of them, I think, were true to the knockout stages. But there was something like five or 6,000 at that game of Park Talton. And I mean, the lads had in the crowd to, to, to really rival that all year. So it just tells you, I suppose, where Mead ladies are at at the moment and um, the love that's really behind them. It's it's something else. Yeah, 100%. Like, and, and what have you made of the ladies' championship in, in general this year? Like, I suppose you had some... Some very, very interesting games. You obviously had Dublin winning the, the Leinster Championship, not to rub it in or anything like that, but uh, you obviously had Armas Triller versus Donegal and obviously the rise of Kerry, like Kerry coming back into the mix as well, like having won an All-Ireland Ladies title in in 19 years. Like So what have you made of the, the Ladies' Championship in general? I suppose it has been very, very exci- exciting from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, Kerry are one of the big stories really, aren't they? Like, and. I suppose to come from a low low platform and intermediate, a little bit similar to maybe the Mead story, winning Division 2 this year on the back of losing it last year against Mead. There is great similarities in what they're doing. They're they're on the crest of the wave. Um, from, from the games I've seen, I suppose most notably the Mead games, it's been quite tactical. And it seems to be, I, I won't say following a similar trend to the men, 
but definitely in terms of the tactical nows that's going on, it's it's definitely not far away from it. Um, intriguing. Some games can be quite attritional and and you know difficult to watch, and other ones are, as you say, really exciting. I have to say, Kerry, they're, they're like an old throwback and they play very similar to their men's team as well. It is a lot of sort of old school kick passing and open football. And that's great to see. And it probably will provide it maybe a bit of a clash of styles come Sunday when the sides meet. But overall, it's been a great championship and you've had the few upsets. as you, I think it was, was a quarterfinal weekend where all the big guns seem to just mm. fall by the wayside. And Mead were actually playing that Saturday evening on the back of all the other teams going out earlier in the day. And you just felt as if the script was written that Galway would beat me. They very nearly did. And that would have absolutely just blown it wide open. But as it is, it, it was still a really good championship. Yeah. Like it was, it was all the provincial winners that, that lost that weekend. I suppose very yeah. similar to the 2010 championship when, when all the, the, the provincial winners got beaten that weekend as well. Like, What's been the the thought process on on Mead in in general this year? Like as as we were saying there, like obviously you know the the route to the final, like they, they beat the Dubs and and Westmead in the in the round robin. Obviously lost in the in the Leinster final before uh, wins against Monaghan, Galway, and Donegal on route to the to the final. So what's been your your process or your your thought process on Mead so far this year? Like what have you um I suppose what have you taught of them so far this year? Yeah, to be honest with you, and I think they'd be the first to admit it. They haven't been, they haven't hit top gear yet, which maybe is a is a good way, good sign in many respects, but possibly they haven't been allowed to either. You know, I think teams are a lot more wary of what me they're about this year. They've done their homework on them tactically, um, trying to get key matchups right on the likes of Vicky and Emma Duggan. We've seen that at various different stages this year. You'd have to say. Probably Dublin in the Leinster final were the best example of that. They really nullified Mead. They were, I think they won by two points, but they were they were much the better side that day. But obviously Mead learned a lot from it. Um, the quarterfinals and semi-finals have been incredible battles against Galway and Donegal. They've really gone to the bitter end. But I suppose Mead, the champions, have just kind of relayed that sort of character that we know they have within the ranks and, and just got over the line. But by and large, it's it's been tough going. Um there's been a few stumbling blocks, but crucially, they're still standing. And uh, I think that bodes well for Sunday. And hopefully, the big match experience can do them good on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I was kind of going to say that as well. Like, I suppose they haven't looked, you know, maybe as in, in the same form as they as they did last year in terms of, obviously, some of the teams they beat and some of the performances. But generally, with this Mead side, it, like from what I've seen last year as well, like even thinking back to that Cork win and obviously the win against the Dubs as well, like there seems to be a real sort of never-say-die attitude with this Mead side and and that seems to be there this year as well. Like any time the going has got tough in sort of a crucial knockout game last season, even going back to when you're at intermediate level as well, like mm. you always seem to, to find a way and... You see with the you know Limerick and Hurl and the Dubs of the past, this you know the Kerry men's side, the great teams usually find a way, and you know I think that could be the side, the sign of a of a great ladies team in in this Mead team. Yeah, I suppose there's, there's actually signs of the old Mead men's team from the late eighties, early nineties in, in that respect. Um, but I do think a lot of that probably stems from the fact that they've had a really consolidated and settled sort of squad with the exception of of a couple of new additions and maybe some more kind of positional tweaks, it's by and large a very similar team to the one in which we seen last year. And the management team reflects that as well. Like um, Eamon Murray, obviously, as you know, but but Paul Garrigan, Shane Wall, Mark Brennan, 
the Iron Munley, who's a new addition to the background, they all instill that sort of belief and confidence within them. They have a, a license to play. They have a game plan which they trust in. And, and it's a good sort of relationship, mutual relationship between the players and, and management alike. And I think that stands to them. And as you say, they have that inner belief that, you know, when the going gets tough, they can dig it out and they can battle. There's a lot more strings to their bow nowadays, I would say. Maybe last year, they kind of freewheeled through and, and caught a lot of teams by surprise, maybe Dublin included in the final. This year, they haven't had the benefit of doing that because teams know them so well. So they've had to come up with other little ways of tweaking their game. But overall, they've they've showed great uh, great traits, you'd have to say. Yeah, which players have, have stood out from a mid point of view this year so far? Yeah, I'd actually point to, I won't say a few, few, of, the, few of the lesser ones, but the likes of Vicky and Emma Duggan in particular have got, you know, probably double marked at times and they haven't had maybe the same influence that they have had at, at recent times, albeit they've had great contributions in recent games. To me, the addition of Kelsey Nesbitt back into the team is huge. She missed the last two years through injury. She's got her way back into the starting 15. Great eye for goal. Stacey Grimes is such a consistent performer. She like She's an excellent free taker. Probably goes unnoticed a lot of what she does as well, but she's been superb. And uh, defensively, they've been magnificent as well. I mean, Avian Cleary is, is a real live wire going forward. Emma Troy's just been her you know, rock-solid best at centre-half back. And Mary-Kate Lynch, who had a phenomenal first year in the jersey last year, managed to retain that, and she's continuing to improve as well. So there's there's really good um, players all over the pitch. And a special mention for Orla Lally. I know she's going to Australia as well, um, which will be a huge loss for me, by the way. But she stepped up this year in the middle of the park. She's been exceptional, real driving force in the team. And, uh, yeah, she, the likes of herself and Vicky will be huge losses next year, as will Emma Troy, who I think is taking a year out. So you're losing three of your sort of mainstays in the team for next year. So that probably ramps up the pressure maybe on Sunday to try and get another All-Ireland in the back pocket before the girls go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I suppose you were mentioning the likes of Emma Duggan, Vicky Wall, like I suppose really, really big game players. Like you've seen Emma Duggan's performance, like in that semi-final, Vicky Wall's performance last year, I remember, was exceptional. Like, so I suppose having them available for this All-Ireland final, as you said there, obviously Vicky's going off next year some of the other girls are as well so you know like it's obviously a it would be brilliant for them to sort of i suppose end on on such a high like absolutely yeah yeah i mean vicky vicky's come in for some serious treatment from from opposition teams and, and probably referees at different stages of the year too but she showed her class at at various different times and emma duggan i thought in the semi-final she was just exceptional like when when Meade really needed her to stand up and and take a hold of things she she did she kicked some tremendous scores people forget she's only 20 years of age as well i know it seems yeah. like she's been around a long long time which probably she has but she's still got her best years in front of her and uh she, she's she's just a, a terrific player to watch in full flight great kicking style and, and so so accurate so she'll be absolutely vital obviously to me chances on sunday yeah it's a weird scene me as as favorites in many ways like i suppose last year you were going in as as underdogs obviously haven't come up from intermediate level like i suppose it's probably a bit different having watched me this year because you're sort of the team to beat like everyone wants to beat me everyone wants to take a scalp off the the side that sort of produced the the big miracle last year so you know and obviously going into the final although kerry have won more all Ireland titles they're the most successful team in history at, at ladies level and at men's level as well so, I mean, is it weird sort of going in as, as favourites? Like, I can imagine it does feel a bit strange. 
Compared to last year, it does. Uh, I think Mead were 8-1 to one outsiders going into the final against Dublin, and it, this is a completely different dynamic, as you say. But I remember chatting to Sean Ennis, the, the Mead captain. I think it could have been after the first or second league league game this year. I think they beat Cork and Navin, and they were favourites that day. And she talked about that then, you know, going into that game, you know, the first league game as favourites was, was weird for them because every single game they went into last year in the All-Ireland series, they were underdogs in, not just the final. So... I think getting that off their back early in the season helped and, and they could get used to the tag. It, it still brings a degree of pressure, I'm sure, and games do get tight. But ultimately, you'd have to say that the last two days against Donegal and Galway, you know, they, they've they've justified the favouritism tag, but only just. Yeah, and I, and I suppose looking at Kerry in particular, I mean, just looking at their route to the final, they, they beat Tipperary before a loss to Cork in the Munster final, but then big wins against Galway, Westmead, Armagh and Mayo, and they've put up some big scores as well, like in a lot of those games, and, you know, like they've scored 14, or sorry, 16 goals in total, which is quite an extraordinary number, like it's over double the amount of goals that the Mead have scored. So, I mean, what have been your thoughts on, on this Kerry side? Like, although they are going in, as underdogs, I suppose you know well as a Mead fan going in as underdogs in last year's final can benefit you quite a lot. So, what have been your thoughts on this Kerry team? Yeah, they're outstanding, and and as we talked about at the top of the show, like they're they're a real free scoring, free wheeling sort of team that just like to go out and play the game the right way. I think it's thirteen goals, is it, in their last three or four games? So they're a goal hungry mm-hmm. machine. And uh, Shifra O'Shea got a couple in the semi final, and Louise. Uh, Lee Murku as well um, was outstanding. So th- those two are going to take particular minding from a Mead standpoint. Um, I suppose in one sense, Kerry won't have come up against a defensive structure maybe like Mead before, but Mead probably won't have come up against a, a, a potent forward line as you know this one of Kerry. So it should be an amazing clash of styles. I just hope Mead can can keep it tight because you know if if Kerry do come out get a couple of early goals, it really puts the squeeze on Mead who. For for all their success and everything like that, I don't think you could call them, you know, the most um, high scoring of teams, and and they tend to they tend to just about do enough. But if Kerry were to come out and really get a couple of goals in the first half or something, I, I think that would be a completely different challenge for Mead, um, who I'd imagine will try and keep it pretty tight in the opening exchanges. Yeah, and I, I suppose like you, you mentioned some of the players there that have obviously been very Im- impressive from a Kerry perspective, like the likes of Paris McCarthy, uh, Ashlyn O'Connell as well, Louise Namurta. Like they've they've done very very well, obviously this year Kerry, and it's been a a big big rise. So I suppose like how do you think Mead are, are going to go about stopping that free flowing attack? Because it is interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like a clash of styles in many ways this game. Absolutely, I, I take getting the matchups right will be will be key to it. Um, you'd imagine Troy Emma Troy for me they would pick up Chief Rocher, who who dictates an awful lot of what Kerry do on the forty. Um, and inside, um, you know, it'll it'll be the pick of them. Katie News only back into the mid side. She was she's missed an awful lot of the year through injury. So whether or not they they decide to give her the task at Mark and Louise, um, that that'll be interesting to see. Mary Kate Lynch could shift across too. But Mead will rely on what they always do, and they'll get they'll try and get numbers back and frustrate Kerry, get turnovers, break a pace. That's been a feature of the Mead game for probably three to four years now at this stage. So it'll it'll be just that. It'll be interesting just to see how count, Kerry counteract that when they do lose possession. Do they drop 
bodies back themselves or do they try and play that open expansive game that we've seen from them so far this year they may well have to tweak it themselves but Mead might have to tweak their own game so like I, I don't know what way it'll what way it'll line up it should be absolutely fascinating though to see um and and hopefully there's a massive crowd there to see it I know I think it was 56,000 wasn't it last year for the Dublin game as a record mm. with Dublin not there in the pull that that brings possibly you know they mightn't just break the record this year but I'd love to see a carry the big carry crowd up there and uh, and to see a green green and gold hopefully in Crow Park on Sunday Absolutely, yeah. Shane says here, hopefully we can complete the double Sunday up the kingdom. And if Louise plays well, we definitely have a chance. And I suppose, yeah, like, I mean, as, as you mentioned there, we're carrying some of their attacking players and, and their rise this year. I mean, it's been, it has been a remarkable rise back through to an All-Ireland final, isn't it? isn't it? Like, because you've seen them put up some big scores, beating the likes of Armagh. Like, when I seen them lose to Cork, like, I, I didn't really think they'd be able to recover from it, to be honest. So, you know, shows a lot of resilience in that Kerry side as well. Obviously, something that this Mayo team very clearly have too. Absolutely, and and I think the top their group. So the the signs were obviously there from the group stages at the All Ireland, but obviously the big scalp was was probably against Armagh. Um, it was funny actually. I think that was a quarter final, and Mead in their quarter final last year beat Armagh. And it was nearly the watershed moment for Mead. You know, in twenty twenty one, beating Armagh, and then starting to realise their potential maybe similar enough for this Kerry side who have had a couple of knocks, as you say, losing that monster final to Cork, but it's the way in which they bounce back. And um, as I say, the style of football they play, it's lovely to watch some great individual players, a bit like their lads team. You're you're just bred as a footballer down there. Do you know? Whereas maybe in other counties, they develop in, in Kerry, you're sort of ball, born with a ball in your hand nearly. And uh, it's, it, do you know what? It's great to see them back at the top table in ladies football as well. I know you said they're the top, you know, winning lady side, but they've been a long, long time away and it's just refreshing to see them back. And ultimately it's another team into the mix. Like you've had Dublin and Cork dominate for so long. Then me, the rive, let's hope Kerry will, it'll be around for the next few years, but maybe, maybe just not at the top of the tree this year, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, how do you see the game sort of going then in many ways, or I suppose, how do you, how do you see it panning out? I think, I think it'll be close. Um, And I don't think Kerry will get the same, maybe space that they've been afforded so it could be it could be lower scoring than they're used to um but but i think a fast start for them is probably crucial we've seen Mead coming back at different stages this year having been behind at halftime so i don't think that would be a major panic for for Eamon murray if that's to be the case at halftime or early in the second half or whatever because we do know that Mead kind of have these purple patches i mean they only scored three points in the first half of the semi-final to come out in the first two minutes of the second half and score three points and equal their total. So we know they can play in maybe fits and spans. Um, Kerry do seem to be a more kind of completely rounded side in the sense that they get their scores consistently across the hour, which is interesting. And that could be a clash of styles too. Um, but I think it'll be close. I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's a one score game, if it ends up two or three points and, you know, come the last couple of minutes, people are off their seats again. And it's um, it's just a look at the clock to see when the Hooters going to go and who's going to be on top at the end. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the, the key player from a Mead perspective then? Or, or what player are you kind of looking at? You think that could, I suppose, make the, the biggest difference on the day and, and potentially win you the game? It's, it's always going to come back down to Vicky Wall, really, isn't it? Um 
Because she's so important to what me they're about. She adds that dynamism and that intensity into the game. And if she gets a little bit of space and she gets the rub of the green from, we'll say, the referee and that, she could do serious damage because of her strength and, and power and, and ball-carrying ability, really. Um, someone on the inside line I like too, though, is Neve O'Sullivan. And I tell you what, you can watch her on Sunday. She plays... She plays almost as a, as a lone or a sole inside forward. And sometimes she can have two to three players in front of her. But the runs she makes tirelessly from left to right, she kicked three or four huge scores in the final last year against Dublin. And I just feel she's due a big game. She's the oldest member of the Mead team. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that this could be her last game. But big days like this maybe won't come around too much more for the likes of Eve. So she'll want to make the most of it. So they I suppose they'd be two players you pick out. Um, but defensively... Emma Troy, who's going to be wearing the, the green and gold for the last time for, for a while, I suppose, because she's going traveling next year, w- will be tasked with having a huge game from center half back. You know, she's a multiple all star um, and she's she's so important to what me they're about. 100%. Yeah. And I suppose like the, the influence of Eamon Murray as well, like we've seen him sort of making big changes at different moments and I think he's really been a, a key ingredient as manager to this to this mid side and obviously bringing them up from intermediate level all the way to, to winning the All-Ireland so you know I suppose you have him on the sideline as well like he'll be barking orders he'll be making big changes if it is going wrong and you've seen me a lot of time at times this year as well like making big changes so I'd imagine like the impact off the bench will will be crucial as well. Absolutely. You have you have players who can come on and make a meaningful influence. The likes of Eve Galogli, Orla Bourne have made, you know, key contributions throughout the year as well. Um Bridgetta Lynch, who actually would have started the final last year, she likely won't start, but she's a really experienced player to bring on. Um so so they have a panel now that that there's a bit of depth in that they're not afraid to use. A young player who actually is only 17 years of age is Kira Smith. She played in a minor final this year against Kildare. She's a player you could see at some stage as well. Um, as well as the likes of Emma White, who's been a fixture coming on in games for me. So there's a really strong cohort on the bench. Um, just going back to the management, I mean, Eamon, he's a bit of a throwback. Like, he's a real breath of fresh air. Probably not your stereotypical, you know, county manager nowadays, but I I think he's brilliant. I think he's uh, really refreshing. Uh, he gets the connection between the supporters as well, which is so important. And Behind him, he is a magnificently assembled backroom team, as I said already. The likes of Mark Brennan, um, Shane Wall and Paul Garrigan, you know, terrific coaches. They brought in Irene Munley, a former all-star keeper as well. She's been a decent addition as well to the backroom team for 2022. So um, it's a really finely well-oiled sort of machine in Mead. And, uh, you know, if if it comes down to it, you'd like to think that Mead might just have the little bit more strength and depth if, if called upon. Mm, Shane says here as well Neve Carmody is another very good player for us as well she's had a brilliant year for us so far in relation to Kerry and absolutely and I suppose ultimately then your your prediction look you're a Mead man so I think you know we can obviously expect that you're you're gonna go ahead and back Mead but what do you think like what what do you think will be the margin of victory or or how do you think ultimately you'll end up going I, I yeah I'd like to think Mead would win but I mean, looking at their games this year, there hasn't been much in any of them, really, has there? With the exception of the Monaghan game, first round of the championship, um, it's it's been so tight. Draw against Armagh, uh, you know, beaten in the Leinster final by by a couple of points, one point victories then against Galway and Donegal. So it would point to to a one score game. I'll I'll go with me to win by two. Um, yeah, I'll go with me to win by two. Aaron. Yeah, I think I'm going to back Mead narrowly as well. Like a, 
I don't think that's I, a, that says a lot now. Yeah, that does say a lot now. In fairness, in fairness, but they are going up against Kerry, you know. So like, I mean, if they're going up against someone else. Maybe I'd I'd back them, but I don't know if I can quite handle Kerry winning two All Irelands in a week, you know. Yeah, it would be some achievement, and as I said, just great to see them back, you know, on on the big day, and hopefully a big crowd travels up again for them to support them. But yeah, th- this would be one. Th- this would be a sweet one for me as well because I'm not quite sure with the players going away. It could be, it could be mm. tough to get back there, you know, at this time next year. But we'll see. They've defied us before, so no reason why they can't. Hundred percent. Well, I suppose before we let you go, we have to maybe speak about the the appointment of of Colm O'Rourke, obviously for the the men's senior team, like an appointment that really sort of came out of nowhere. Really, like I mean, I seen him on the Sunday game, obviously you know two three weeks ago, and he was saying he wasn't interested in and everything else. And here he is now, the the Mead manager. So, what were your your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's vintage column now as well. I, I would have uh, he would have been my principal in secondary school, and he'd always be acute, acute who or nearly, you know, and and kind of play the crowd like that. But uh, look at it's a job that he's wanted, I suppose, for a long, long time. He's applied for it three times before, never really mm-hmm. got anywhere. I do think in in uh, in fairness to him, when he was asked about it back then in the Sunday game, I don't think he'd been approached. I don't think he approached anyone. So it all has sort of happened in the last couple of weeks uh personally i feel it's an excellent appointment though because i think he's he's he knows club football in mead he, he you know he's currently simon st gale senior football manager um he has been you know involved in simonstown for probably most of the last decade so he knows the club scene in mead quite well and um, the players respect him he's had an awful lot of the lads come up through the academy and some paths as well so uh, he'll he'll be familiar with a lot of those guys as well. He's brought in two great guys with him in Barry Callahan and Stephen Bray. Stephen Bray being our former former All Star in two thousand and seven, and Barry Callahan, you know, former Mead minor manager and twenties manager as well. So he's great experience and you know really well respected figures. And I just think it's probably what Mead needed at this point in time. I think it would have been a little bit soon for a Cahill Brick who who had minor success last year with Mead. I think. You know, let him do his thing with the under twenties and try and get bridge the gap with Dublin at that level. But give it to Column. I think it's a three year stint or two years and and a third year with a review. So I, I think it's a good move. I think the county will get behind it and fingers crossed he can um can do a good job. But it's not going to be easy. Like you see, Mead struggles were were there for everybody to see this year. Division two next year. Like I think you have you have Dublin coming down. You have Derry. You have Kildare also coming down. You have Loud coming up from Division 3. So that's going to be an absolute um, nightmare to try and get out of. But, you know, we'll, we'll take our chance and, and fingers crossed, Colm can can bring a little bit of success back. Absolutely, yeah. Because like, it, it was a mad appointment, certainly, when when the news started breaking. You kind of you couldn't really believe it. Because as you said there, like, I mean, I felt like if this appointment had happened maybe five, ten years ago, you would have said, oh, that, that's fair enough. But... The fact that he's been so long, well, like he obviously has managed at inter-county level, at least not senior, you know, not as a proper manager like as such. So, I mean, it is an interesting one. And and look, I mean, he'll, he, he'll certainly get the buy-in from the lads in terms of respect and, and everything else. And I suppose, like, as we've seen down the years with me, like you don't have a, a short shortness of, of talent. It's maybe been that toughness or that sort of, you know, I was saying to one of my friends there, like me, the, the men's team have almost lacked that sort of, bite through the years like in the last couple of years where they put in heavy challenges and be up for the fight and with Colm O'Rourke I think that's definitely coming back make no mistake about that yeah because because he'll he'll rely on some of the traits and he's got 
I suppose his big thing is beating Dublin. You know, when he mm-hmm. that was the thing when he played. You know, you had to beat Dublin, and if you didn't beat Dublin, you were no good, kind of thing. And in fairness to Barry and Brayer, they would have played in me teams as well, who would have beaten Dublin. So you have that sort of in there. Um, that'll be the goal for me ultimately. But first off, they have to try and get to Dublin's level, which isn't going to be easy either. Um, but he will instill a bit of belief, fight, hopefully. He's he said it's going to be an open, open book in terms of everybody can can try and get a place in the team. I think he wants to have a look at up to a hundred fellas, you know, over the winter. So he's going to watch plenty of football in the next few weeks in club championships. There's also a regional championship starting in Mead, um, I think in October, November, and that's essentially for junior and intermediate clubs to to play in regions and play to a senior standard, which I think it'd be a great chance for for Colm if he's not as you know familiar with fellas from junior and intermediate clubs to have a look at, give them a shot and, and see how they go in a in an O'Barn Cup or league. Um, so it should be really interesting. It, it look at I, I personally, I think it's a good appointment. Um, this was his last chance essentially as well. Like he's he's a man. He, he I won't I won't um I won't age um age him, but I think he's he's entering his mid. 60s now at this stage so it was probably his last crack at getting this and um i think he'll want to give this a right good rattle as well absolutely well look much appreciated davy for you for you jumping on and i suppose first of all good luck for for sunday in the all ireland final i definitely don't want to see kerry win two all irelands in a week so uh you know if we can keep one famine going for a while longer i'll be a happy man so um yeah cheers very much for coming on make sure to check out the the We Are Made podcast as well. And if people could leave a like on this podcast, subscribe if you haven't already, be very much appreciated. And um, yeah, cheers, Davey, for coming on. Anytime. Thanks a million, Aaron.